Hey guys, welcome back. This is CoreySaheedCoreSaheed.com, and today I am back with our podcast episode. I am your host, Joshua Eunice, and this is a beautiful Monday morning at 8 a.m. No complaints here of when this was recorded, and now went um, posted on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and all those other streaming platforms as... Christmas Eve was raining, um, which is very rare for Arizona, but I guess for Arizona, it's also going to be raining on Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday. First and foremost, guys, we're back with another podcast episode, but I hope everybody enjoyed their time with the family, with yourselves, with whomever you know, uh, whether it be with family, friends, etc., or even strangers. Hope everyone had a great Christmas. Um, I know I did. It was great having the break, not only from uh, life, but from, uh, work, like, Cortez Heat, so it's nice to be back on this beautiful Monday, and I'm just ready to rock and roll. The number one announcement we are going to have today, with Cortez Heat heading into the new year, we want to have a new certifying podcast schedule, and it's no longer going to be Monday through Friday, um, to make content better for you guys, and make everything easier for you guys to listen to. And to get overall great content on time at a good schedule. It's going to be staying at 8 a.m. But it's going to be going to Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, and then Saturday. Because we've realized no one good does a podcast episode on the weekend. Like, I've listened to people on the weekend and they bite. So why not get someone good to listen to on the weekend? That is why we're moving our schedule to uh, Saturday at 8 a.m. too. So it's going to go Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Saturday mornings at 8. Those are when the scheduled podcast will be released, bringing you with all the breaking news, highlighting the best moments, talking about all of the critical uh, topics that needs to be discussed, and different things like that, bringing it cool, bringing it exciting, bringing it controversial, and making it real. Okay, guys, we always talk about this, and it's time to talk about it. It's social media. Um, people didn't understand what social media was back in 2006, 7, 8, etc., etc., up to this point. And we kept evolving. But now, as we're heading into the new year, we know that in 2022, there's going to be all these new social media apps coming out, or social media apps are in development or getting better. Whether that's Instagram, Snapchat, Facebook, Twitter, uh, Getter, Parlor, whatever it is. Truth is going to be coming out. TikTok's already out there. There are tons of social media places. So what's the best way to keep in touch with Heat and keep in touch with the basketball world? Well, you have Heat.com, But even better, you have Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. And Getter, which you all could reach us at, which you all could um, ask questions or just keep, uh, keep up with the basketball world. That's Twitter.com slash Heat, Instagram.com slash NBA, and Facebook.com slash Heat. And if anyone uses Tumblr, go ahead, give us a follow for the few hundred still keep up with Tumblr and aren't just dead accounts. Go ahead. Uh, give us a follow. We always appreciate it. And as always, these podcast episodes are on Amazon Music, 
iHeartRadio, iTunes Podcast, uh, Google, uh, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, um, on the website, on TuneIn, on YouTube and Rumble. We're excited. Oh, and one last thing, we're also on Getter. That's G E W T R G E T D R, where you can find us at Courtside. We're excited as um, social media is just growing for us, and Courtside is just expanding. Where we have hundreds upon hundreds of people visiting us everywhere across the site, across social media. And even across the podcast of which you guys are listening to now. Now, instead of just talking about announcements and social media, we're ready to get back into uh, the podcast. We're about we're ready to get back into sports. Now, I know we've been listening and watching sports for the past few days, unless you're the NBA and you decide to take off the twenty fourth because you didn't decide to do games for the 24th because I don't know why you didn't, but whatever. Um, There was a lot of heartbreaking stuff, right? If you were an Arizona fan, uh, two days ago on Christmas, we saw the Arizona Cardinals and the Suns get beat by two away teams. Like, I was devastated. The Cardinals played so bad, I saw we were just losing to the Lions again. And yes, you heard me correctly. I said the Lions. Because we can't beat a 2-11-1 team. Or I guess like 2-12-1 team now. And for the uh, for the um, Suns, they just can't get over the fact that they can't beat the Warriors. They're 1-2 they're and two against them. And right now... The Warriors have the number one spot where we're a half a game behind them. Not ideal at the slightest. Christmas saw a lot of COVID and injury-related uh, mishaps where we saw Kevin Durant not being there. He highlighted it. We saw guys missing from the Hawks, Knicks, from the Celtics and the Bucks to the Warriors, to the Nets, to the Lakers, to the Mavericks, and the Jazz. All with either injuries or illnesses of any sort. So that was pretty crazy. I enjoyed the Christmas games. I watched the Cardinals games. I watched the uh, Suns games. It was a bummer there was no Christmas Eve games, but um, that's life, right? They always enjoy Friday. I I just don't get why they didn't do um, Christmas Eve games. Maybe I missed something in a memo they sent out to the public or... Something that was in the making during schedule. I, I don't know. Uh, all I know is that the Christmas games weren't bad. But as I outlined on last Monday's podcast episode, we saw many COVID-related um, illnesses coming out. And we saw the COVID protocols really spike. And I gave you guys statistics and things like that. Also, on a side note, before we jump into Tom News of the Week, on course here right now, I would encourage everyone to read the opinion piece that I put out. Or, it's not fully, it's not fully opinionated, there's a lot of facts in there too, but it's really cool. It's titled, Is COVID Such Omicron Killing the NBA? It's, it's a really fascinating article. 
it's a, it's a setup like a Q&A where people's most asked questions and just questions in general get answered by myself and it's backed up with statistics, it's backed up with everything, just say, look, this is what we're dealing with, etc, etc, and it's a really cool article, so I'll go link it down below, but I would suggest reading it, I would highly recommend reading it, it's one of our favorite articles of the week, even on Christmas, because that's what people want to be filling their spirits with, but anyways, the top news of the week starts with Ben Simmons. And no, it's not because um, the con artist is coming back to playing basketball. No, why would he? He's just spending millions of his dollars and spending his time at home because he's conned his way for the league. But, on a side note, Ben Simmons could be a part of the Cleveland Cavaliers. Why? Because they're just interested. They're actually very, very serious, it seems like, because the Cliff Cavaliers have been derailed by injuries and by COVID. Colin Sexton's done for the season. Um, Evan Mobley's bouncing from injuries to COVID-related illnesses. We're seeing many guys, like seven-plus players, on their COVID protocols for the NBA. That's tough. So I wouldn't be surprised if we saw... The Cavaliers tried to make a well-invested um, trade for Ben Simmons. I wouldn't be surprised if they traded away Colin Sexton. A, because they don't want to pay on the maximum contract. And B, because they were already looking to shop him when names like Jalen Suggs were coming up. And they're like, oh, can they take that guard and replace him with and replace Colin Sexton with Suggs? And then, obviously, they took Evan Mobley, which was one of the best players by far of the draft. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Ben Simmons got traded to Cleveland. I wouldn't be surprised if he got traded to Houston either. To me, if the Cavaliers are going to go all-in for it, it has, to be, um, it has to be calculated correctly. If that makes sense. Because it just can't be like, oh, um, we're interested in this guy because he has um, some value defensively. I'm not I'm not complaining that. Um, what was I going to say? I'm not going to go. How do I want to phrase this? Basically, I, I don't want the Cleveland Cowboys just doing this from a defensive standpoint. But now if you want to get rid of Colin Sexton because of the money and they don't feel like he's worth that. Now, obviously, with the season being cut short, he obviously can't prove that. But to me, they're gonna try. They're also gonna try to give up Kevin Love because they're just ready to move on from him. I, I wouldn't be surprised because basically, what I'm saying, I believe they're gonna focus more on defense, no doubt, because you have a lot of good scores. Right, I'm going to the Cleveland Cavaliers roster right now from ESPN. I'm, che I'm checking it out because, look, you have Jared Allen. That's your center. But Ben Simmons, if you look up Ben Simmons and you're like, whoa, this guy could be something. With the right head coach, with the right training staff, it could be possible because I'm looking at Ben Simmons. He's a point guard. He's a point guard. 
So you keep you keep Darius Garland and Ricky Rubio where at. Well, let's just say you have to trade away one of those two. He's also a small forward. Who's your small forward right now? City Osman and Isaiah Okoro. Isaiah Okoro. They're not the greatest. Um, ben Simmons is better than CD, uh, Osman, and Isaiah Okoro. That's just a fact. He's also better than past his prime Kevin Love. Is he better than Lauren Marketing? No. Because they have two different skill sets. So I'm not going to try to compare those two. But I believe they'll blend perfectly. They'll mesh together. Well, then also, here's this. The Cavaliers are also interested in um, acquiring Joe Harris from the Brooklyn Nets before the trade line. So now you're saying to yourself, you're going to get another shooter. Let's say you get those two players. But at what cost? You're not going to give up Jared Allen. You went all in on him. Give him a $100 million contract or something like that. You went in for marketing. You went all in for Evan Mobley, right? You got him with the third. You would be idiotic to give him up. I'm not implying it will. The players that are staying is Jared Allen and Evan Mobley. Colin Sexton, to me, is not the point guard that could be staying. I wouldn't, I wouldn't give up. I wouldn't give up Colin Sexton. He's, value, he's valuable. But now, you can also make the case that, well, the Cavaliers, they don't need Sexton. Because they were having a 2013 season so far with a rookie, with Laura Markkinen, and a bunch of, uh, Jared Allen, and a bunch of our dudes. Darius Garland is Darius Garland's helping things. Now, would it be nice to have a strong shooting guard? Most most definitely, right? I'm not gonna argue that. I'm not gonna argue that at all. But when I'm looking at this, I'm like, well, defense is also critical. But do they have a nice balance so far? I think also something that we're seeing is that Ricky Rubio is listed as a point guard, yes. And same with um, Darius Garland. But they're also going to play shooting guard. So really, your backcourt's going to be Garland and uh, Rubio. I don't I don't suspect it to be someone like RJ Nemhard Jr. I don't expect it to be Denzel Valentine. Or Dylan Windler. I don't expect to be that unless we're talking about second, third team rotations. Um, then I would expect it. But you're gonna have to give up a lot for what is uh for Ben Simmons. That's gonna come in cash, that's gonna come in draft picks, that's gonna come into um players. You know Kevin Love's going in some shape, form, fashion. Whether they're going to try to make him a piece in the Ben Simmons trade or the Joe Harris trade, I don't know. That's going to be interesting what the Cowboys want to do. Because BJ Pickerstaff is going to be like, okay, look, this is where we're currently at. This is where we're currently at. What pieces are working for me and what pieces are not? And then the Cowboys GM, Kobe Altman, has to say, well, where have we been? 
I know Kevin Love's not good. He's on the hot seat. We've both, both sides stuck a knife into their hearts and started twisting it. And saying, I'm done. Um, I'm not going to mess you guys over. But the tension's pretty real to say, hey, I don't care for you guys anymore. Right? It's like one of those attentions. Jared Allen, they're locked in on. Then you see guys like Justin Anderson, Ed Davis, Taco Fall, Louis Cornette, um, RJ. I'm going Kevin Pangos. I'm going down the list. Those are bench players. Just put it nicely. And you need those bench players. So when I'm, not, when I'm separating the valuables from the non-valuables, and I'm looking at the questionables, Carlos Sexton is valuable, but he's questionable. It's just how a team values him and how they're going to play him. How they're going to utilize him in the roster. He's going to be on a, on a starting team. On a winning team, hopefully. He's going to be on a contending team to say, Hey, we're going to put you in the starting lineup, but you got to prove it to us. Then yeah, I see guys like Ricky Rubio. He's valuable to a team. From a wisdom, knowledgeable Backup perspective of being a veteran. Yeah, he's valuable. There's gone. He's valuable. I, w I wouldn't trade him in for the world. I would not trade that man. It's just how much you view these guys. He averaging 19 points, free rebounds, and 7 assists. He ranks 10th in the NBA with an assist. That's not bad. That's not bad. So I'm looking at this. This is a point guard who's been advancing himself. Who's been growing. Who's been evolving. And the Cavaliers win yesterday against the 14 um, and now 16 Raptors. We saw a 144-99 victory. And he was plus 37 from um, on the court when he was playing. He was 22-8-4. Like that's insane. He's he's going to be averaging over 20 points this season. The last time he didn't average over 20 was on the 13th of December when it was a win against Miami. Like, this team's winning. Um, This team's winning. Without certain players. And even with them being shorthanded of Kevin Love on yesterday's game, we did see a common theme. They they still won. They were still cashing in buckets. Before uh, December 22nd's loss, they were on a pretty good win streak as they were having a six-game winning streak. He He's making it happen. So he's going to be strong in the backcourt. So they're not going to move off of him. I would say that's, that would be pretty stupid if they did. Colin Sexton, it would be stupid, but if they don't value him, then move him. So it just depends. So what am I trying to get at? Because I'm trying to go through my progression. I'm trying to go through everything currently right now, just talking it out to you guys. If they want Joe Harris, they're probably trying to upgrade um, their shooting. Because let's just say, well, Ricky Rubio is not a really good shooter as he is a passer. So, we need somebody with that type of skill set that can do things beyond the paint. 
that's a little more mobile, flexible, and able to increase their shooting percentages when on the court. Uh, speaking from a team standpoint. So you need to find a skill set. And Joe Harris is the type of guy that has exceptional shooting. Like he is a free point he's a free point master in his game. He's the type of guy that when you need a free point basket, he's gonna give you that free point shot. And he's gonna make it a very good free point attempt. Like he's one of those high percentage players where you can't have the high percentage of knocking down a free. So he's gonna be better than RJ Nemhard Jr. He's gonna be better than Denzel Valentine. He's going to be better than Dylan Wilder, right? Dylan Wilder. It just depends how much uh, the Cavaliers view their players and value them and how much they want to give up and how much they view Joe Harris or Ben Simmons or whomever they want to give up. It just depends. Now, um, another name to keep your eye on, keep your eye on is this. Joe Ingles. Why in the world should we talk about Joe Ingles? Last year, Joe Ingles was out, was in the running for Sixth Man of the Year before losing to his teammate um, Jordan Clarkson. The 34-year-old, who's averaging seven uh, seven point eight points and three point one assists off a forty three point three percent from the field, could be on the hot seat to leave. Because he is a name to watch when it comes time for the NBA trade deadline. This is not one of his best seasons. He's up there, but he's a backup. Like he's a backup to Utah's team. He fits, but I think they're looking to move on from the 34-year-old. And well, I wouldn't be surprised. I just wouldn't be surprised because he's the. Is he the back? Like, how many minutes? He's averaging 29.6 minutes per game. But he's only getting. Oh, I'm sorry. That was, I'm sorry. That was Bogdanovich. Uh, for some reason. Okay. So Joe Ingles is a small four. He's only averaging 24.8 minutes per game. He's only getting 8 points a game off of 24 minutes. Make it 25. That, that's pretty insane. Who's his back? Who's our, who's our forward? Royce O'Neal and Rudy Gay and Hassan Reddick and Bruce Don. Wow, we have they have like so many power forwards that yeah for because Bruce Don just just a solid forward, small or big uh power. Hassan's a center also. Ingles is a shooting guard, so they're they're trying to upgrade their shooting guard. Don Mitchell's a guard. Clarkson's a guard. So basically. Ingles is second tier to Clarkson. Clarkson's better than Ingles. We can all agree upon that. Right? Because Clarkson, who's also a shooting guard, is only playing a minute more than Ingles, and he's averaging 14 points off of 38% from the field. That's two times the amount of points that's being scored by Ingles. So, again, I wouldn't be surprised if they did move off of Ingles. I think it is time. I say get someone younger, get a draft pick, get someone younger. Because you're building this team around uh, the center, which is Rudy Gobert, and the point guard slash shooting guard, Donovan Mitchell. Because Mitchell has been averaging 25.5 points per game, 
while Rudy Gobert is averaging 14, or 15 and 15 per game. Are you seeing how astonishing that is? Take December 20th's game against Charlotte. He averaged 20, he had 23 points in 21 rebounds off 40% from the field. Overall, he's averaging 71% from the field. Like, this is one of his best seasons yet. In rebounds, this is a career-high season for rebounds. And this is also a career-high season in points. Well, second a season having. Because in 2018, he was he had 15.9, call it 16 if we want. He's like 5 behind that, 0.5 behind that. That's not bad. So Rudy Gobert is doing very, 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 very good. Same with Mitchell. We already know that. Bojan Bogdanovic, he's not moving. Jordan Clarkson, he's not moving. Rudy Gobert, I'm sorry, Mike Connolly, that guy ain't moving. He's 34, but averaging 14 off of 48%, 48.5%. 28 minutes. That's not bad. So, yeah, I'm going to say it's time to move off of him. I wouldn't be surprised if we say, yeah, because um, NBA rumors have shown that, yes, Utah could trade Joe Ingles. It's because that goal of ESPN has, has reported this. So we're in the same one. Because here's the thing, and Lowe stated this perfectly. He, he's no longer airtime defense anymore. That was a quote from Lowe. So playmaking in defense is just getting killed by because he just can't do it. So if you can't defend, you can't playmake anymore. What are you to players like Mike Connolly and Donovan Mitchell? What are you to that team? I think he's past his playing days with Utah. I don't think he's worth it. Because if you can't defend and you can't be a, an absolute playmaker or someone salvaged your playmaking skills, I say cut your losses while you're at it and try to keep evolving into a playoff team. I get they were before the Rangers, but still, make that make that a top priority. Just cut your ties. Especially for, I would do it. Now, who are they going to get? I don't know. Man, oh man. Um, another guy you should be, like, there's a lot of talk about trades now, right? Because the NBA, uh, let me actually look this. I I don't want to tell you guys the wrong information because the NBA trade deadline is is February tenth. That's a Thursday. Why is that important? Everybody thinks because February is in less than ten two months. Not a long time if you think about. It. So you gotta start thinking about it now. You just have to. And another guy like that would be Karis Avert. You remember, you remember good old Karis? Remember good old Avert? The 27-year-old who's averaging 17 points per game in 30 minutes, or 29.8 if you want to get technical, off of 43% from the field, is looking to, look to get traded because the Pacers are looking to trade Karis Avert. So I wouldn't be surprised if he went before the trade deadline or right after the trade deadline. He just hasn't fit. Just hasn't. He was great with Brooklyn. 
but it's not working out. Because last year in Indy, and I gave it was only 35 games, he averaged 20 for a high. But he's been pretty solid. Over his career, he's been 14 free and free. That's not bad. But he could be looking to move off. So you got to remember, he's not going to become a free agent until 2023. Which means that the contract he signed with the Brooklyn Nets is the contract he that was guaranteed for years, $52 million. Like, oh man, I just, I, I, I wouldn't trade Karis Avert. I wouldn't trade Karis Avert. I think it would be a horrible move. But now, I wouldn't be surprised if he went to Memphis. Because he's a, he's a good, if you want, if you want more players, and you're not feeling the connection with Vert and uh, Rick Carlisle, maybe some down to Memphis. Try to work out a deal with them. Because he can pull up big scoring nights. He can be the guy that scores big. He's going to be the ultimate shooter. He's not the playmaker you're looking for. But he's a trade piece that can be dynamic in shooting. I'm just saying, it is a complete possibility that's working real. That's looking real. Um, the Denver Nuggets is also one. Because imagine this: you have more scores, and while there's no Jamal Murray, you would have such an epic attack. Whether it's in the paint, whether it's around the uh, perimeter, whether it's around anywhere. You're telling me you want to want to have Jokic, Gordon, Porter, um, Barn, and then you have Karis Avert. Trade Michael Porter Jr. because he's a bust. He's also a con artist like Ben Simmons. The only difference is the guy can't stay healthy, and he's just a poor, poor, poor man on the on the court. So trade Michael Porter Jr. and some other sort of stuff, but the big name that's going to go in that trade would be Mike Porter Jr. that I have to guess. I would do it. I would straight up do it. He because Levert's not a threat to say he's not like a LeBron threat or any of those guys that could make him into a title run team, a title contending team, but he does offer Nuggets more help. He offers when Jamal Murray comes back, Murray and Jokic more help. I wouldn't be surprised if you if several teams were offered to him, but those are my two teams. Cause imagine Ja Morant him, Dylan Brooks with uh Ja with him. That would be perfect. Imagine him with Jokic's team, like that would be cool. Um, the Lakers, the Lakers are a discombobulated team. So you're looking for this entire trade deadline. You just are. You're looking for this entire trade line, and you're like, wow, so many names are popping up. Kendra Perkins and Bill Simmons, all these guys are commenting on something, which is what? It's the fact that the Lakers are no longer good, but who are they blaming? Well, it's between Anthony Davis and Russell Westbrook. Kendrick Perkins said this. And it's basically summarizing that the Lakers should just 
trade Russell Westbrook because Anthony Davis isn't the problem. It's Westbrook. Now, LeBron, who is his teammate, who has all the power in the world, claims he has no problem with how Russell Westbrook has been playing. The dude, if you're just going off his stats, is getting stats because that's all he can do. He's actually not a valuable player. He's just a stat stuffer. And then, you, you have this whole entire debate. You're just like, well, um, what do we do? Because... Kendrick Perkins, again, says that the Lakers should just break up their big free and trade Russell Westbrook. Now, Bill Simmons, on the other hand, says that AD is declining. Quote, of free throw attempts are down, rebounds are down, field goal percentage, percentage is down, points are down. And then you want to say that the Lakers have been very active in, tra in the trade market and would love to get their hands on Jeremy Grant or Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons could... Be a lot healthier and defend better than both Russell Westbrook and Anthony Davis could ever. Um, once a fragile uh, man, and once a guy that's ever since wore a dress has been an absolute failure. I'm just saying. It's pretty funny when you think about it. So when I'm going for all of this, I'm like, this is insane. And then when you don't bring IT back on a second 10-day contract, that's crazy. Also, on a side note, IT Isaiah Thomas has several teams interested on him, interested in him after his four-game stand with the Lakers. Sign him. That would be like one of the greatest things ever if they were to say to sign him. Like I would be so happy because it was great seeing Isaiah Thomas play, especially his debut getting 19 points. I believe that's what he's had, had gone. But basically, what I'm saying, guys, the Lakers are very active in the trade market for Jeremy Grant or Ben Simmons because they need someone. Glassman Davis can't do it. He's a problem. Same with Russell Westbrook. You can say, oh, well, he's going to be a Hall of Famer because of his stats and stuff he did being a contributor on the court. Or he's going to be an all-pro. He's going to go down as one of the best players ever because... Of the stuff they did on the court. No. If you look at it. He's just a stat stuffer. He had a chance at NBA Finals. He failed. He had a chance with the Rockets. He failed. He has a chance with this team now. And he's failing. He had a chance with the Wizards. He's failed. He was just trying to make sure that his stats didn't get affected. That his personal image didn't get affected. Russ Russell Westbrook. Is better pulling off a dress than he is better. He he's better pulling off a dress than he is pulling off a win. He can't do he can't do it. He can't pull off a win. LeBron James isn't gonna admit that publicly, but privately, I bet you he's looking to trade him. I trade his butt. I trade Glassman with him. Just do it. Get something like Ben Simmons. This is why I'm gonna advocate for Ben Simmons because while I hate him. With all my heart and soul, because I don't believe they took the right approach professionally with the 76ers and that this millionaire baby is acting like a little spoiled and tough brat for nothing that he earned. I still want to say that I would 
and training because he's a better defender, he's a better player than Anthony Davis will ever be in same with Russell Westbrook. So why I get Jeremy Grant? I'm hollering Grant right now. I just am. I just don't know what to expect because COVID and injuries are killing teams. It's a great example for the Lakers as I don't know what they're going to do. I'm just going to keep talking about the topic on social media. Go to um, at Twitter. Let's go to Twitter um, at Courts of Heat. I'm breaking it down. Like everybody can now classify me as a, as a Laker hater because I, I just like I just demolished I just demolished them. Like at one point, I'm just surprised. Like no one's flagging this for how much. I'm actually hating on this entitled team to nothing. Like, this is like an absolute abject failure. And I'm just like destroying them on social media every chance I get. Now, sure, I'm trying to be unbiased and impartial to this team, but again, they're the Lakers. And they're supposed to be good. Like, you hyped this up. Everybody good about this, etc., etc. Now I'm talking about on social media. So join the fun, join the conversation, because even all the Laker fans are now turning on them, and I love it. Now, you want to talk about a team that's trying to bust everything out just to do something right? Then it goes horribly wrong because you get pieces, you're finally playing together a good season. Okay, good's not the word. Trying to put together a season that... Kaleem is over here, 17-16 right now, with, with yesterday's loss to the Nuggets. Hold on. For some reason, I was about to sneeze. Wow. <coughs> Excuse me, sorry about that. I had to move away from the microphone real quick. But you want to talk about something that they're just trying to make it out of, right? You try to do something amazing because there's no Kawhi. Reggie Jackson, I think, went to the protocols. He hasn't been there for the past two games. He hasn't been there since the 22nd. So they're just trying to make that happen. So we're missing a starting point guard. We're trying to do some of Eric Bledsoe. He's averaging 10 free and free per game. He's trying. Terrence Mann. He's trying to do stuff. Averaging 10, 5, and 2. Uh, the 25-year-old's doing amazing after signing that contract. Right. Ivan Ivek Subak, again, is doing it. Ukunar is trying to do it. All these guys are trying to do it. Marcus Moore Sr. went to the protocols. So you know what really doesn't help is when there's injuries to a team that actually prolongs the COVID protocols. In a sense, like, sure, the protocol is over, but you still have to be in a protocol due to injury. And that is no other than Paul George. I feel bad for Clippers. I hate them when they went against my son, my Phoenix Suns in the postseason last year, Western Conference But Paul George, who's their starting forward, starting power forward, has suffered a torn ulnar, U-L-N-A-R, I don't know, ulnar collateral ligament in his right elbow. He's expected to be out for three to, three to four weeks. This happened side before the weekend or right around the weekend. Like, my goodness. We're, we're lying off of Eric Bledsoe now. Like, this is a chance to show off. I wouldn't be surprised if they start trying to add players. 
I wouldn't be surprised. Because everyone's used to hardship exemption. Why not keep using it? Because sure that isn't code when it comes to hardship exemption, if you have players that are going to be out for a while, more than two weeks, then you can. So, that's just tough for the Clippers. Like, I'm trying to do, like, this fancy breakdown, try to make it very lengthy, when the truth is that they're going to be really, they're going to be subject to pain now and just total anger because they, they just, this is the same team that lost to the Pelicans, and you're expecting them to do something great without um, Paul now. No Kawhi, no Paul. Jackson's been out since the 22nd. Should be back soon. We're now relying upon Zubak and Bledsoe. This team has lost to the likes of the Thunder, the Jazz, the Spurs. Like, Greg Popovich's team will not die. But hey, they're, they're, at, they're the ones that beat the Lakers in their final game at the Staples Center for going to Crypto.com. This team is actually on a free game winning streak. They beat the likes of the Clippers, no doubt. Uh, Lakers, love it. Then the Pistons, hate it. Um, To me, the Clippers should have to bow through this. This is one of those seasons where it's like, okay, Ty Lue, just hide in the shadows and please. Like, no one's trying to draw attention to themselves. They're just trying to rebuild and say, you know what? The heck with this season. I'm just going to try to hope for the best. And I'm not saying that you have to give up their season, but it's going to get tough, man. It's going to get tough. Do I think Eric Bledsoe can pull through? Do I think Zubak can pull through till Paul comes back? Till Reggie comes back? Till Kawhi comes back? Kawhi's not coming back for the season, I don't think. Towards ACL. He's going to try, but it's tough when you tear your ACL. Trust me. What's going to happen to Clay? Tearing up his whole body, now he's out. This is going to be a true battle. That's going to be a hard battle. Like, what can the Clippers do? Jokic had 26 points and 22 rebounds that led the Denver, uh, the Denver, uh, what's her name? Denver Nuggets past the Clippers. This Clippers team is just dying. They lost 103 to 100. I don't blame them. Like when I'm looking at this, their highest score was both Brandon Boston Jr. and Eric Bledsoe, both 18. Bledsoe had 18 and 10 performance, which 10 will be assist. Uh, Man had 11, and, Drew, and Ibach had 10. Zubox has been underwhelming this season. He was great in Toronto. His time's just coming up. He was great in OKC in Toronto. His time's just dwindling. I guess I only played 14, min 14 games, but the first year was just dwindling in this Los Angeles uh, Clippers roster. Because when you think about it, you have guys like Paul, like Kawhi, like Man, like all these different guys, that like Zubak, they're just getting the rebounds before he can. And he's only playing, he only played 19 minutes.
this just gonna be tough for the Clippers. Like I cannot say it way. I have just have to be blunt about this because either they're gonna get their uh butts kicked or they're just gonna look awful. It's one or two. I'm hoping for their success. Trust me. I don't mind the Clippers, but it's gonna be tough. But I but off of that note. That's where we that's where we move in. Now is all the breaking news. Now we're gonna be moving into the topic of the day. I'm asking the question, like everyone else, as a fan of the sport, how bad are the effects of COVID slash Omicron that is leaving the NBA scrambling for help? This should not even be a question. When you use the harsh exemption for 70 plus players in like a one to two week span, I forgot the actual time period, but it was like in a one to two week span. That's insane. When you have a hundred plus players, coaches, staff members, whatever, whatever, in the COVID protocols, you know that's crazy. In a few weeks span. The next, do you even have? Um, Kevin Durant on Christmas Day, and he still pulled through due to the huge support of Harden and Patty Mills, both having 30 plus point games. The Bulls just lost their head coach, Don Billy Donovan, to the protocols. They got back Zach Levine. DeMar DeRozan was also in there. Um, the Suns just lost Alfred Payne and Jay Crowder yesterday. I broke the news on that, or I probably retweeted one or two. Um, that they were just touched by that. Denver, Devin Booker was touched by that before the season or during training camp. The Cavaliers have seven plus players in the protocols. The Heat had players in there. The Bucks had Giannis in there before getting cleared. We didn't know if he was going to be able to play on Christmas Day against the Lake, um, against the Celtics. The Cavaliers, the Lakers, the Wizards, the Hornets, the Celtics, the Hawks, the Raptors. The Raptors were just getting decimated. Like Fred Van Vliet was the one that had on it. The Hawks, Trey Young. Did Trey Young even play against the Knicks on Saturday? No, he was out. It's just crazy when you think about it. The Knicks had suffered guys. Now, they're dealing with their own injuries like Derrick Rose, who's going to be out for like six to eight weeks. But it's just insane. Because COVID's just affecting everyone. Guys, remember that piece I brought up at the beginning of this podcast? Go read on Courts of Heat. The effects are bad. Because it's actually throwing off teams. It's actually throwing off the game of teams. Because... The Warriors are affected by it. The Suns are affected by it. The, Je- the Timberwolves lost Big Cat, Carl Anthony Towns. The Mavericks are losing players. I believe Luka Doncic was in there. Chris Porzingis is dealing with his own injuries. Like everyone's dealing with their own injuries. Ninety percent per round silver. Ninety percent of the league. Is battling Omicron virus, but which is much less serious than other strains of the virus or COVID itself. 
This variant isn't bad, but still, this is our teams. When you see 10 plus players gone from the magic, you know it's bad. When we're seeing high ticket valued players going on to COVID, you know that's bad. Russell Westbrook, Bradley Beal was in there. Like, they were, they were big ticket guys. I don't know how many games, but there was like 18 or 19 games that have been canceled. Same guys never canceled for Christmas game. How many games canceled in the... I want to see if this is different. Like, this is insane, people. About uh, Brooklyn Nets, three games postponed. Chicago, three games postponed. Toronto Raptors, three games postponed. They're all, they're all hellying that. The latest game to be canceled uh, was the 23rd December. That was Nets Blazers. Um... Did Damian Lillard enter the protocols? I can't remember. I can't remember. I don't think so. I don't think he did. Now I'm just gonna say no. But it's like insane, guys. I'm, cause it's not hard to get. But how? It's not hard to get our heads wrapped around how serious this is for the NBA. But there's a reason why they're selling new memos. That's why they're trying to cut back on the protocols just a little bit. Because, hey, we talked about the financial securities that are just being lost because of COVID, because of Omicron. We were even worried about the Delta virus, the Delta variant. But the side effects of COVID and Omicron variant, it's tough. Because now it's like, whoa, what's, what's going on here? To me, this is going to hurt teams because teams are like, they're scrambling around. They're trying to get players from G League, free agency. That's how Joe Johnson got, his, uh, got back into the league. That's how IT got back in the league. It's scary what this can do to teams because it's like, oh my, we just can't go to the same. Draymond Green just went to the protocols. A day after uh, they beat the Suns, Golden State beat Phoenix. That's crazy to think about it. So now they're going to be down their center for maybe like a game or two. Depending on the schedule and depending on when he's able to get out of the uh, COVID protocols. It's just crazy when you think about it. Teams are scrambling for help because this COVID thing is not going to go away. I'm still right. Everyone's trying to say go back to your normal lives. Trey Young got affected. Like the Hawks got affected. Was that the reason why they lost on Christmas Day? Maybe. The Knicks beat them 101 87. They were 15 7, the Hawks were 15 18. Now, D uh, Dion Wright and Colin, Colin J uh, the John Collins put great games 40, uh, 40 combined, 20 each, but it's just not enough. Julius Randle went to Went to town. Sam Kemba Walker, who had 10 points, 12 assists, 10 rebounds. Joyce Randall was 25 and 12. Fournay, 15. Grimms, 15. Toppin, 15, 13. 
Like teams are being affected. The Nets are affected severely. But they're holding fruit. So they have all the veterans on that team. That's why they're trying to make sure they have the pieces. So so many teams are scrambling now because they're like, okay, in Orlando's case, dang it, so many more players are put on the shelf due to injuries and COVID. Like, this is, that's scary. Like, you just, you just read, like, another guy in the protocols, another guy in the protocols. One guy was questionably out, put, be put out of uh, the protocols. Like, Alonzo Ball entered the uh, health and safety protocols. Kyle Lowry, John Collins. Do you know how crazy that is? I just... It's unfathomable. I'm re I'm reading this. Like no one is safe from these protocols. Like Langston Galloway, former Phoenix Suns, was signed to a second day, ten day hardship contract. Why? Because they were out with several players due to uh, James Harden, uh, Kevin Durant, and Kyrie Irving. Oh, that's big. The Curves had to sign Xavier Moon. Pacers had Pelicans had to sign Justin James. Pelicans had to sign again Anthony Tolliver to a ten-day uh, hardship contract. Why? Because teams are just trying to hold on. Uh, this is Daniel Russell. Um, I believe he plays for the Timberwolves. I'm not mistaken. I believe so. He's back in. Kyrie Irving won't debut uh, till January. Like the G League season was delayed until January fifth, which was six days separate from when it should have started. Like that's insane. Like I said, Billy Donovan was put in there. The Golden State Warriors, when they took on the Suns, were without five coaches and players combined. Somewhere around that number. That's great. There were several guys that had subjects due to COVID. Like, now that is insane. Like, the aftermath. Like, all this scrambling around. What I said last Monday. Like, a lot of guys are still going in there. That's why you, That's why the NBA are requiring booster shots. That's why they're trying to stay six feet apart. That's why they're altering the memos. That's why they're trying to say, look, we just have to take different approaches. We have to be smarter with this. We just can't let this be canceled. Because they don't want to cancel any more games. 18 or 19 games have been canceled. Within a, within a month period. Which may not seem like a lot, but it is. So the side effects, the bad effects of COVID is that teams are just scrambling around. It's losing money for the NBA. But now teams have to alter the way they play. Have to alter the way that they view matches because, like, okay, this team is down X amount of players. They're down their main players. No, they got back their main players. Oh, no, we're down players. We can't compete. Games had to be canceled. We have to try to alter and judge. We have to try to regroup. And it's crazy because they're always being hit with different obstacles. And it's like, how are we supposed to manage? And this goes for every single team. It just does. Without a shadow of a doubt. So, there are bad effects. There are no good effects for teams. They just have to get through this. 
I had Cavaliers in and out, in and out, in and out. Seven plus players. Oh, Evan Mobley injured. COVID back, not back, back. It's crazy. Kevin Love, he missed. He was absent. Isaiah Coro, he was absent. CD, absent. Like, you see these guys, and you're just like, why? It's crazy when you think about it. And it's just like, give us a break at some point. It's like, these guys are going to just, like, get exhausted, and we're not even halfway out. We're not even halfway in yet. And it's like, wow. Like, we're getting to that point. But until all teams are halfway in, or halfway through, it's just going to be crazy. But those are the bad facts. I get a link down in the article that gives for the Q&A, that goes for everything, because that's going to be very important. That's just going to be very, 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 very important. Uh, I just cannot believe this. I cannot, I cannot, I cannot believe this. I'm just having no more games to cancel. I'm just having nothing was canceled. But yeah, guys. That's going to wrap it up for me. Uh, today, 7 p.m., Suns will be taking on um, the Memphis Grizzlies. So do not miss that. We're just going to take this day by day with the NBA. That's all we can. That's one of the effects that's happening. We just have to say, okay, this is what we have to do. Um, the game to watch out for is going to be Suns, Grizzlies, and Nets, Clippers. The Suns have to bounce back after that sad performance they gave out on Christmas Day. They're still one of the top teams, if not the best team in the league, despite being in second place in the Western Conference and second place in the entire um, NBA. That's a huge accomplishment after going 1-3. Those are the two games to look out forward. The Clippers game and then the Suns game. The Clippers game is the final game. And the Suns game is the 7 o'clock game. Um, Again, you guys can find us on Twitter. You guys can find us on Instagram. You guys can find us on Facebook. All at Courts Heat besides Instagram. Because Instagram is Courts Heat NBA. Um, Remember the podcasting schedule is Monday, Thursday, and Saturday. And if I if I if I'm not mistaken, that's gonna be five days. One, two, three. Oh, I'm sorry, four days. So it's not gonna be five days, but you got Monday, you got Wednesday, you got Thursday, and Saturday. So I'm just truly taking off Tuesday and Friday. But then whatever happens on the weekends, you guys don't have to wait till Monday. You guys can get on Saturday unless stuff happens on for on Thursday. I'm sorry, on Sunday. Yeah, guys, thanks. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening to today's podcast. Um, do not forget to subscribe, to rate, to review. It will help out tremendously. More changes will be coming on YouTube. More videos will be coming on YouTube. The documentary is going to be coming out January seventeenth. Do not miss it. And again, thank you guys for listening. And I will see you on Wednesday's podcast episode. If you miss me so much on Tuesday, just listen to this podcast episode again or listen to one of our older ones, breaking down COVID, breaking down the league, or anything you find interesting. Until then, guys, I will see you Wednesday morning. Um, 
Hope everyone enjoyed their holidays. I know I did. Um, I've been waiting for Christmas time, so it was very exciting. Very much indeed. See you guys for listening. Um, until then, just keep checking out courtsy.com and we'll be rocking and rolling and ready to go Wednesday morning. Do not miss it. Until then, let's have the outro music take us out now.